Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill joined by Craig Morgan, Steve Peters, and this is our first time recording in the morning in a while. So Craig and Petey are super energetic and I am lagging. Yeah, this is like Already. afternoon for me by 8 a.m. Like, no big deal. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Yeah. I do have to say, by about coffee cup number three or four, I start buzzing. So this I just should put be them good. all in one. So, yeah. One, you, what do you? You got a non-fat latte almond okay, milk, Craig? Buddy. Okay, this is bougie. well. I'm going to say it, and then it's not going to sound any better when I say it. <laughs> what? It's pressed coffee. I like pressed coffee. <laughs> I swear to God, you are so bougie, and everything you do. <sighs> I don't even know what mine is. Whatever was cheapest at, at the store, that's what I'm drinking right now. Mine is Folgers. Okay, wow. That's good to I the mean, last drop. Well, my we, we, we need to stop the podcast for a moment, and I'm just going to uh, think about gift ideas for Leah. Hey, my birthday soon, kind <laughs> of. Change that. Wait, when is your birthday? It's in April. Okay. That's not soon. Mine's in two weeks. That's soon. <laughs> yeah, Mine's you guys both have January birthdays. <laughs> yeah, mine's next week. So wow, time for some good coffee. He is drinking Folgers right now. Peter, what <laughs> I'm probably drinking store brand. Store brand is it called it store brand? Can you be more specific, Petey? Well, no, I'm not going to be more specific. Maxwell House, I think today. <laughs> but it could be Safeway brand if it was on sale. Okay. <laughs> and I'd, it'd be Kirkland's if that was on. If I was a, if I had a chance to swing by Costco, which is not convenient for me, if I did, it would be, it would be Kirkland's, and I'm good with that. Hot and black, and I'm fine. We're good to go. I don't need any. I don't want any vanilla in it. I don't want any sugar in it. Just wake me the hell up. It's all about function. <laughs> it's not about taste. It's about function. I learned that when I was 16. I started drinking coffee. I worked at a hockey school, and we were on the ice at 6 a.m. Hated coffee. Hated it, but I had to stay awake. And that is where I learned to drink coffee, just out of a coffee pot in a hockey arena at six in the morning in Bemidji, Minnesota. And so I don't care. Gas station coffee, fantastic. I'll take oh. it all day long. You can sit there for eight <laughs> hours and it's mud. It's you fine. Me. As long as it wakes me up. And you right. do non-fat double almond latte. Folgers. I do put oat milk in my coffee. Sure you do. Anyway, I know that everyone's tuning in because they care about our coffee preferences and not because they want an update on this arena situation that Craig wrote G Roastery and Gilbert, uh, the Colombian beans. Uh, 
freshly ground this morning. Seriously, different oh. tax bracket, Craig. Is there an arena story again? Is there something going on there? Craig broke the PHNX website yesterday. It's with still, the and it's story. still down. From <laughs> so for those who are thinking, what, what are you talking about? What arena story? Uh, yesterday, Craig reported that sources say the Coyotes do not have enough votes in the Tempe City Council right now um, to p- approve the arena deal. Um, there's three yes votes, two no, and two undecided. Craig, <laughs> just, I don't know. I, <laughs> this was not the news Coyotes fans wanted to hear no, on a Sunday no, no. when then the Cardinals like the hits, lost. Feels like the hits keep coming, right? Yep. It yeah. feels like the hits just can't. Sorry, I interrupted you there. Coming. No, it's fine. I just am speaking to let my feelings out because it is just like never ending. It's never ending. Yeah, right right on the heels of the Cardinals lost too. You're right. Yeah. Like, yeah. The team that we thought was uh, a Super Bowl contender and now is a wild card that's probably going out in the first round and definitely in the second round if they manage to get best of the Rams. <laughs> so sorry. Sorry to lay that all on you. But yeah. Um, that the, you 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 stated the state of things right now. Um, they don't have the votes. Does that mean they can't get the votes? Of course not. They're, th- look, this is still a possibility. But what my sources were telling me is that the recent press on the Coyotes has not helped. Not paying your bills. They're, they they keep making this these missteps, basically being their own worst enemy uh, um, in, in terms of the the public view of them. Now, look uh, on the flip side of that, I will note that there are plenty of people out there. That would be happy to see this deal die because it, it's competition, right? So there, there are certain groups out there that are going to take advantage of any bad press for the Coyotes. Uh, Glendale's one of those. The city of Phoenix is another. Footprint Center doesn't want to see this happen. You've seen all the shenanigans with the airport and all that. But the Coyotes haven't helped themselves. They, I, don't, I don't know that they can afford any more missteps as they try and get this Tempe deal done. We still have no idea when the city council is going to vote. They had said all along when this, when the the RFP, uh, when, the, when they got the proposal from the Coyotes back in September, that this would take many months. It would be open for public scrutiny as well. There's going to be a lot of discussion. So still no sense of when they're actually going to vote on this proposal. Um but listen, I, I also had another source reach out to me saying that when when all the information is out and this is all said and done, they believe that the Coyotes will have the sport in the council. So I don't think this is dead by any way. I, I saw the reaction to it. You know, you get you get all the reactions from north of the border and mm-hmm. the classic Coyotes critics just move the team to Houston. Well, that's not happening. I, I get so tired of the Houston narrative because it's simply not a possibility, but people still throw it out there. Um, again, these things are a negotiation, right? There, there are probably things that they can do to make this happen. And I discussed some of those. One of the things that was really interesting, though, is that there's been so little citizen action on this particular proposal. If you go back to, and Peter, you remember this, back in 2013, when ICE Arizona was trying to get that lease agreement signed with the city of Glendale, there were groups in council chambers all the time speaking on the Coyotes' behalf. That hasn't happened yet, but I suspect, well, I know it's going to happen now because if you go on the uh, official uh, uh, fan page on Facebook for the Coyotes, they're really mobilizing. I've seen tweets uh, addressed to the uh, 
Tempe City Council already. I know they're sending emails, letters. I think they're planning on attending meetings however they can with COVID, whether that's virtual or in person at some point. It sounds like that's going to happen. I think that has an impact. I, I really think that matters. Of course, it's, it's, it's more impactful when you hear from Tempe residents saying, we want this, but that's part of the price, uh, part of the, the uh, process here. There may be also more financial concessions that the Tempe City, City Council is looking for from the Coyotes as well. So, you know, you know how these things go when there's a negotiation. We'll see how it all plays out. I don't by any stretch think that this thing is dead. I think it's still a possibility. But again, the Coyotes just they can't afford any more missteps. Yeah, make no mistake about this. This isn't a regular business tr transaction between two entities. This is involves politics. This is about politics. So public appearance matters. And so when you do those things that you've seen the Coyotes, their missteps over the recent months, it affects what the public perception is. And unfortunately, when you deal with politics and municipalities, public perception matters. So... First, they need to, to, to mind their P's and Q's and try to follow the right line, at least in the short term, publicly. That's going to be very important. Secondly, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, Craig, that, that what the public says matters. And it's Tempe residents first, but it's hockey fans second. And it does matter. It does. The loud voice matters. And you see people on the news talking about it. It's a big deal. And yes, I think that swayed things in Glendale. The, the way the public went and knocked on doors and picked up phones and sent emails, that made a difference. So will it make a difference this time? I believe it will. And the third factor will be, as you said, is money. It's always about the money. So you can say all of the things that have happened over the last 20 years, every step of the way, it has been about the money. Some mistakes were made. The wrong decisions were made, but ultimately those ownership groups always followed the money. So do I think the Arizona Coyotes are going to let this franchise go without a new building? No, I don't believe that. There's just too much money at stake with the Arizona gaming license and the franchise value here in Arizona, the TV market in Arizona. I've, I've read comments in, in the PHNX Discord and I've seen them online. This team's not moving. And I know that people don't want to accept that. Well, there's no other option. There's no other option. There will be another option. This team's not leaving unless there is absolutely no option. And I'm a little bit in jest. They'll play at the freaking ice den in front of 500 people before they leave Arizona. That's how valuable this is to the league, to Gary Bettman, and to the NHL. They're not leaving. So everybody's up in arms. Oh, they're going to Houston. They're going to. No, they're not. They are going to play here. Now, will the deal get done in Tempe? I think it will. I, I think there's enough time, and we talked about politics and public perception. I think it'll get done. But if it doesn't, there will be another plan to keep this team in town. So I think the team's staying. If you are a Coyote fan, it doesn't hurt to send an email. Pick up a phone. Call a Tempe council member. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, it's the one thing that, you know, there's so much that's out of Coyote's fans hands and that's what's really frustrating is just as a fan watching this unfold year after year after year but this is the time now if you're listening there's something you can do there's fans organizing petitions online you can contact the uh, Tempe City Council so let your voice be heard because that's where you can have an impact um, it's one vote, right it's yeah. one vote right now that's yeah. all they need if, if you go back to Glendale to 2013 they didn't have the votes there either, and they they flipped a couple council members, Yvonne Kanak and, and Sammy Shavira, both flipped, and they got the vote. So it's possible, yes. And again, as Petey just said, 
this is a long, drawn-out negotiation. There are, there are ebbs and flows, uh, hills and valleys in these sorts of negotiations all the time. But they are one vote. And my understanding is they have three strong yes votes. So they're one vote shy of getting this past the council. And I should also mention, you know, I think it was AZ Central that reported on that that they were going to discuss it in that elect last uh, executive session, which is not uh, open for public record, but clearly it got through executive session, right? So it moved past that. It's still alive. Yeah. And, and the other thing I want to say too, Craig, is <clears throat> as much as you, Leah, and I have talked about this over the last several months and Coyotes fans have talked about it, to, to think that, oh, there's no other option. They, there's no plan. Do you not think that these businessmen who have hundreds of millions of dollars on the line don't get up every morning and go, hey, what are we doing today to solve this problem? And I know we'd like to think, oh, they're arrogant or they're not thinking about the future or they think that the Glendale deal is going to happen or they absolutely think this is going to happen. They're, they're businessmen. Like There is a plan. We might not like their plan. We may not agree with their plan, but they get up every day, go to they go to meetings internally going, hey, what about this? What about that? We should do this. Or they may be making bad decisions, but they are making decisions. And there is a plan B and there is a plan C. Whether they are viable, intelligent, articulately thought out or not, there are plans. Do you think Morello and Gutierrez are sitting there going, well, if this Tempe doesn't deal doesn't work, then well, no, there's a plan. There's a there's a what if. For sure there is. Again, we might not like it or agree with it or think it's well thought out, but there are other plans. So that leads me to believe as angry and upset as we are about every day getting up and hearing about the arena and the issues that they have where they're going to play, so do they. So they're the ones that can solve it. So I believe with the amount of money on the line, I think maybe wrongly that they are working behind the scenes to come up with all of these plans, an interim deal, a long-term deal, a long-term deal, if that deal falls through. So I, I, I ultimately do believe, and maybe it's because of the gummies I got for my Christmas present from <laughs> Santa, but I firmly believe that this team will be here in the coming years. So assuming let's just say everything goes the way we want and the vote passes in Tempe and it's approved. There's still a number of issues um, in place. One of them is where the Coyotes play till then, which we will get to and have gotten to many times before, but this issue keeps coming up again and again and again, Craig. And I know that you've kind of gotten down to the bottom of it, the airport issue. (laughs) Yes. The airport issue. Because every time I bring this up, People who don't really know a lot about this. Well, the airport issue, like the airport won't let them. Craig, what is the airport issue? It, there are a couple things to look like there. You've heard about the height of the structures. Well, they're, they're below the height of what the FAA re- requires. So and they've had an FAA consultant in from from the start. So it's not like they don't know what they're doing here. Oh, whoa. We have to worry about the airport. No, I, listen, I've been told by multiple sources all over the place that this is politics. This is the city of Phoenix doing whatever it can to kill this because what's happening in this district, they're creating competition for downtown. They're, they're creating competition for footprint centers. So I, I'm certain Robert Sarver, the owner of the Suns, doesn't like this either. Um, there's been talk that you know the, the airport can't expand if they build there because of the flight path, et cetera. Again, I've heard this is all just garbage politics. Um, I had somebody. Do you do you remember, uh, Peter? You were here actually. You remember when the Cardinals almost built their stadium right along Rio Salado as well? But this same issue came up. 
Yeah. And, and we kept pointing out, well, Sun Devil Stadium's right there too right in the there. path. And but well, it was it was you know it was already there. Like <laughs> I had someone joking with me, like, "Oh, it's already there, so we won't worry about the safety of human lives because the structure is <laughs> already there." It's just an absurd argument when you start parsing it. I don't think the airport issue is one that's going to kill this deal. Now, another one that you know, Goldwater Institute, the the conservative slash libertarian group that it's a watchdog group and they got involved when uh, they were negotiating with Glendale the last time around. I wonder what their involvement might be here since there are tax dollars. Granted, it's only tax dollars generated from the district, but people can't seem to grasp that. It's just like if the if the site doesn't exist, you don't get any revenue, Tempe. So yes, some of the, the tax revenue from the site will go to help pay off that $200 million, but there's no revenue at all if you don't build it. So why is this a problem? I, I'm dumbfounded by people's reluctance on, on this front. But will Goldwater get involved? I don't know. I reached out and all they would say is, we're still looking at it. Thanks for checking in. Appreciate you checking in. So I don't know what their involvement will be. I can tell you, though, that the Coyotes have been as transparent as possible with Goldwater from the start of this as well. As one one source told me, they've had a seat at the table from the start. Now, does that mean Goldwater won't get angry about what's happening here, won't, won't oppose what's happening here? I don't know. I also wonder, by the way, you know, Glendale is talking about refurbishing Gila River Arena. They need to put a lot of money into that place to get it ready for bigger shows. Where's that money coming from? If you're not getting it from the Coyotes, are you asking taxpayers to foot that bill? The and bull we'll riding. Of that as well. The bull riding, the professional That's bull right. riding. The professional bull riding will cover it. <laughs> so, Greg, when you say all these things, and you've got a better sense of this, where are we with the timeline? I know we mentioned it earlier, but there is no scheduled vote. There is no scheduled discussion. When is there a drop-dead date that Tempe has to go, okay, we need to decide by now? Is there any date at all in the future? No, because Tempe, Tempe is under no pressure here, right? This is this is land that's just sitting there that's been sitting there for a long time. It's not like they feel like, oh my God, we got to make this decision in the next four weeks, or otherwise it's not going to happen. No, I don't. I don't sense any urgency on the part of the council. At the same time, you know, I've heard from some sources that we could hear something by by February, by early February. So we'll see if that actually happens. I, but they're not forced to, right? No, they're, no, that's they don't the, need to make a vote. No, they don't. Yeah, so that that to me is the issue. There is no drop dead date, and that that's that to me is the biggest problem from the Coyote standpoint. Is they just sit there and wait, you know, yeah. and and w- whether they they vote on it or not really depends on how they move forward. Whether it is with the, you know the Salt River um, location or or another viable option, you can't move forward until you can get past this one. So hopefully. They get it on their their docket, and we vote on it soon, whether it's February or, or before the end of the season. So we have some sort of clarity, and the franchise can have some sort of clarity and move on. So let's yeah. hope that that happens. You got to start cleaning up the site, right? Uh, yeah, that's a process in and of itself that involves the EPA because it's you know it's a dump site. So you got to get all that going before you can, can even start construction on the land. Yeah, Leah's in media, by the way, Craig. Did you know that? And she should unmute before she starts trying to talk. On wow, wow! I told you. I know it's, it's the Folgers coffee. It's just not up to par. I That's know it's, a, it's early. It's not up to par. <laughs> it's early. Um. Well, what I, what I was saying when I was muted was, you know, let's just say all of these things in the fantasy wheel scenario. <laughs> everything gets voted yes. The cleanup starts tomorrow. Everything gets moving. 
it doesn't matter because this arena is not going to be ready for years. And the Coyotes are kicked out of Glendale after June, supposedly. So this brings us back to a point that we've addressed again and again and again, but it just, it still will continue to address it until somebody comes out and says, this is what's happening. Where are the Coyotes playing next year and the years between now and assuming this Tempe deal gets done? Because right now, the thing that's stressful for me is, you know, we're always saying, oh, just get to Tempe, get to Tempe. Well, now Tempe is a little... There's a little bit uneasiness. Again, it doesn't mean that it won't happen, but there is a little bit of that uneasiness. But how do we bridge the gap <laughs> between now and a permanent arena solution? Well, like we've said, we've we've listed the options again and again, but you know, it's January now, it's, <laughs> and there's only six months till the Coyotes are, lease ends in Glendale. So what what now? Go ahead, Petey. I've, I've written about this a lot. <laughs> yeah. And again, it goes back to what I said earlier. This team will play in Arizona. I, I, I really believe that. And where all of the options we've discussed, and we can check the boxes really quickly. Memorial Coliseum, I think, was the most viable, made the most sense, had the best seating. It was a hockey arena at one point. Makes the most sense. Unfortunately, it is not on the table because they needed to have trucks starting construction there months ago, which we clearly have seen didn't happen. So I think you can check that box off your list. So that leaves three arenas in town, maybe Chase, so maybe a fourth. But you're talking about Tucson, ASU, and Prescott. And the issues with all of those are many, many, many <laughs> issues to have that happen. But, but I think that's where we're going to end up. And you could check each one and say, okay, we could play 10 games here, 10 games there. And, and that may happen. It may. But we're talking about three buildings with under 10,000 um, seats. And I looked at the Coyotes' average attendance this year, and, and I know most of those are just paper. They're not actual people in seats. But right now, they're at 11,600 people average per home game. Well, none of those buildings can accommodate that. And ASU sits at 5,000. And so now what? So, so well, okay, well, we're not going to take the ticket revenue from, from lost seats, whether it's an 8,000-seat stadium in Tucson or a 5,000-seat stadium in, in Tempe. That's okay. It's just we're going to be the ones that suffer. Well, are you? Because that looks to me like you're sitting five, six, seven, eight thousand people that don't get to see a hockey game. And on top of that, you bring in Austin Matthews. Now you want 20,000 people that want to see a game in a 5,000-seat stadium. Oh, okay, well, they can go watch it on TV. But can they? But does you, Austin you Matthews want to play in a 5,000-seat arena? That's another really good question. If you if part of your plan is to bring Austin Matthews home, are you really selling him on the idea of playing in a tiny arena for maybe two seasons? Or even driving – oh, for practice? Yeah, you get in your car. Go down the I-10. You'll be there in practice in two hours. <laughs> or Prescott. Yeah, you got to drive through the mountains a little bit, and your team my, bus gets stuck. My suspicion is that they're going to end up – doing something locally. I don't think, you know, I don't think the PA is going to sign off on that Prescott and Tucson idea. I, I I think that's too problematic for a lot of reasons. So I think they'll end up doing something locally, but they've got to hammer out a deal. But again, like, like we just talked about, it's not just ownership that suffers in a 5,000 seat arena. There, there are fans who can't see a game. Sure. Maybe you create scarcity and there's more of a demand, but there's the, the bottom line is you can't get all those people into a game. Um, and then, yeah, if part of your if part of your goal is to attract free agents a, a couple of years down the road when you're coming out of this, 
you're simply not attracting them. They're not coming to play in a 5,000 seat arena. But Craig, where are we at with the TV deal too? Because I, I, I fell victim to this because I need to watch the Coyotes so I can talk about the Coyotes. You know how hard it is to watch the Coyotes in the state of Arizona yeah. on, on Bally Sports? Like, if you give me an app, I'll pay for an app. I'll, I'll, I'll buy an app or, or a streaming service so I can watch Coyotes. It's not there. You either got DirecTV or you got Cox. That's it. So if you're going to play in a small arena where you won't let people watch the game live, you sure as hell better come up with a better option for them to stream and watch the games. And especially when you're doing all these national games on a, on a service like ESPN plus, and there's so many viewing options. If you don't let the fans watch in person, you better figure out a way to let them watch on TV or guess what? In four years, when you built an arena, they've all found something else to do during their winter months. So they are no longer fans. So I hope they solve that part of it. Um, because this really comes down to, hey, yeah, they'll find a place to play and there will be coyote hockey in the state of Arizona. But will the interest maintain around that team long enough to open a new building to fanfare and a line of season ticket holders is to be seen? I want to, you know, I want to make clear on the, the TV angle that it's I mean, to me, this is more of a Bally issue or more more appropriately a Sinclair issue, the parent company of Bally than it is a Coyotes issue. Oh, agreed. I'm sorry if I if I imply that They're the Coyotes have an issue with that. in other markets, right? Uh, Sinclair. Is, mm, I, I could say things about uh, having. Yeah, been they've got the, a stranglehold on the regional well, sports market. Yeah, it's not just that they're an awful company. I'll just go ahead and say it. They're an <laughs> awful company. They have a horrible reputation in the industry, and and this is part of what you're seeing right now. Um, having said that, the, it, there's not a lot of options, right? There there really aren't any options locally for the Coyotes to go. You can't. It's like you. Can, can go to another network. There's there's nobody else that right. you can go to. So if they're going to do this, they probably have to create their own and, and go down that road. Now they they do have some media savvy. Obviously, part of Alex Morello's holdings are in the media industry. So maybe they can make that happen. But with all the else they've got going on, I don't know how realistic that is in the short term. It, it's almost like all of these teams should get together and pressure Sinclair to do a better job than they're doing right now because they're doing an awful job right now of of making it accessible to the fans. Yeah, the re- the, the regional sports network market is a difficult market nationwide. Mm-hmm. This isn't an Arizona problem. And it's clearly not a Coyotes problem. I mean, you can you run into the same things when you're talking about the Diamondback Suns. It's it's difficult to see regional sports across the nation. Blackout things exist, and there are so many problems. So this. If I if I made that implied that it was did, a coyote problem, it did you guys see when Claude Giroux was in isolation in his hotel room in Anaheim and he couldn't even watch his yeah. own team's game because of blackout issues? Yeah, it's so messed up, and and especially you know we talk about growing the game just in general for the NHL in general, but especially in this market and the value of having an NHL team in a market and what that does. If you can't go to the games and you can't watch the games, then what's the point? And it's, it's just so frustrating. So man, <laughs> what a time to be a Coyotes fan. Am I right? Um, you mean like the last 20 years or we're oh, gambling sorry. on our future, Leah. Wow. Did you just set me up for a DraftKings? Um, Look at that. I was going to say, I wonder if what the lines would be on all the interim arena solutions and what, you know, which one would be most likely or least likely, but I like your setup too. While we mentioned it kind of at the top of the show, it was a stressful day for Arizona sports fans yesterday uh, with the Arizona Cardinals losing and not winning the division playing in a Monday night matchup against the Rams next week. Um, But the NFL playoffs 
are here down to Super Bowl 56. New customers at the DraftKings Sportsbook app can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280. There's a new one in free bets if your team is victorious. All customers can also get in on DraftKings Hammer the Over promotion. For every 5,000 bettors who take the over for Saturday night's Patriots versus Bills game, the point total will lower by half a point. So Hammer the Over has hit zero every time DraftKings has run so betters won when the first point was scored so get in on that now over at the DraftKings Sportsbook app when you sign up using the promo code PHNX as a reminder you get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team bet five dollars and win 280 in free bets if your team wins that's 21 and over Arizona only gambling problem call 1-800 next step new customers only eligibility restrictions apply see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details how about that one that was a little different (laughs) i know too bad i'm already a member so i can't it's new members only new members only i know well Well, if you this now is the time nfl playoffs well craig the last thing i'm going to talk about at the arena we talked about long-term solution we still think tempe is a viable option and votes may still be swayed over the upcoming months too we talked about the interim solution and i still think it will be inside the state of arizona i've read people saying well they'll go partner with somebody in california no it's not gonna happen they're gonna play here um we'll and by the way we'll talk about craig if you want to find out just follow craig and read craig's stories because it'll be there first and thirdly not only do we have long-term, short-term, we need to find a place for them to practice because whatever option they come up with, that will not include a practice facility. They're sure as hell not going to practice out at Gila River. So now we got to find them a place to play. So where do we go from here, Craig? The most logical option is the ice then, Scottsdale. It's right by where all the players live. So it makes perfect sense, but you gotta, you need to do work there too because that, that facility is not up to NHL standards either. I mean, the, the Coyotes left the, the ice den. They filled up that huge space back there with uh, Mountainside Fitness. I think there there is the potential to do something there, but they would have to put money into it. And let's face it, the ice den officials would also have to be willing to take the Coyotes back. Uh, it's not like the ice den's hurting. You go in that place and it's buzzing all the time. They're doing great business up there. So do they even want the Coyotes back? And if they don't, then what? Oceanside's going away. That that land was just sold, and my understanding is they're going to knock that building down. They don't need it anymore because, as you mentioned off the air, PD, all the stuff that's happening in Oceanside is going to move to that ASU community rink that's attached to their new arena. So take Tempe out of that. You're, now, now you're talking about that corridor. Those were the two best options. I mean, you could look at Arcadia, I guess, but wow, would you have to put a lot of work into that place because it is... It's the locker room place. is upstairs. But, yeah, you can walk, but there's a bar. My <laughs> there's permafrost underneath too. But Craig, so you, you could sit in the bar and watch Coyotes practice. Yeah, so there's an upside. Okay, so <laughs> just to let's, let's just say that Arcadia is. I would say that Arcadia may be the only arena in town that may be in worse shape than than Oceanside. So I'm going to check that one off the list. And then you're talking about, you know, the other options that are not nearly as close. Whether it's Peoria's Twin Rings. 
Chandler's Quinn Reeks, or, you know, if, if they really want to consider a great option, <laughs> they could come out to Gilbert and just practice. Great Can you imagine the gas you'd save if the Coyotes started practicing in Gilbert? I'll ride my bike over there every day for practice. And well, he, it, there, there's look, so Craig's many hitting his New Year's resolution of riding the well, bike. I could run too, right? I could run over look there. Look at all this. The shape that I would be. I think that's the best solution. Yeah. How are those yeah, push-ups coming later? Now, so do I. Um, <laughs> So let's unpack all that, Craig. The ice den to me, again, when it was built, when that facility was built for this organization by the ownership group that owned the team at the time, the Burks, it was at the time the best practice facility in the National Hockey League. It was it was the most forward thinking with the weight room built in, attached to all of the medical room was next to the weight room and the coach's room was next to it was designed extremely well for a practice facility with two sheets of ice at the time. They built a visitor's locker room. So NHL teams coming to town could practice. And then the team moved to Glendale. Well, Mr. Burke kept the building, but he's not going to leave all that space open. So in comes mountainside fitness, all the office space that was upstairs, that's leased out. So the coyotes now do practice there at times they do, but they are in what was at the time, the NHL visitors practice area, which to be honest, needs to be updated. It, there is not enough space for an NHL hockey team to call home. So the ice den's in this for business. They're in the black. They make money. Why? Because they have three sheets of ice that are full all the damn time, whether the Coyotes are there or not. They're full. That's their business is to rent ice. That's what they do for a living. They don't need the Coyotes there. It's not going to bring them. You can't sell more ice if you're already selling all of your ice. So I, I'm not sure where the benefit comes in to the ice den and their ownership and management. I'll say that first. Secondly, if they are going to come in there and they're going to use it full time, they need more room. They need better, bigger medical facilities. You need some kind of a weight training facility. They need to add on to that. Now that's going to cost money. And who's going to pay for that? You know, I'm, if I'm the Coyotes, I'm saying, hey, we're improving your building. You need to help pay for it. If I'm the Ice Den, I'm saying, hey, we don't need it. You pay for it. Bingo. That is going to be a problem, right? So there's one. And we always say it's always going to come back to money. If I'm a player now, you're going to make me drive to Arcadia. And I know, okay, you got to drive for work. The Arcadia facility, if, if anyone hasn't been there lately, they need to. The ice needs to be completely torn out and the floor needs to be redone. The boards in the class need to be redone if you're going to make it NHL quality because they're not. There is no locker room facility at all there, so you're going to have to put money into that. They can't practice there. And you've already said Oceanside's going away. So Peoria... Peoria runs into the same problem as Arcadia. The ice is not suitable for an NHL team. They, they have to tear that out and start that over. So now you're leaving it with Chandler and Glendale, or excuse me, Gilbert, Chandler and Gilbert. Man, get I, about I, Gilbert, Petey. what's that? <laughs> Gilbert. I mean, Gilbert. Yeah, you, so you talk about, so now you're talking about the players. Okay. You're, if you make them practice in Gilbert, which is fine, it's actually a really good facility. The ice is, it, it is good ice. It is a good ice facility. They still need to build NHL locker rooms. But now try to attract a free agent. Right. Try to attract a free agent that's living in the Northeast Valley and go, okay, you're going to practice here and you're going to play here in a smaller, less than NHL facility and you're going to practice here for the next four years. But hey, four years from now, when the average NHL career is less than three years, but four years from now, we're going to have an unbelievable building for you to play in. Even though your career will be over two years ago, it's going to be a really good building. Even if you're Clayton Keller, that's going to be year nine and 10 of Clayton Keller's career. Do you think yeah. he's playing in the new building in Tempe? I don't think there's a player here right now that is going to be a regular fixture on that team five years from now. 
come on, that's incredibly optimistic. So there are so many practice rink, interim rink, game rink. So everybody record this episode because you're going to play it again next month. You can play it again in six months. You can probably play it it's again like next year. It's like how we year. can just repeat our post-game shows when the Coyotes lose. You can just go back and choose anyone and play it and it's relevant. And you know, Leah, you know where the misstep was? The misstep of all of this, and we would not be doing this right now, is when Steve Elman purchased the team and moved the team to Glendale after they had broken down broken ground in Los Arcos. If all that's, that's the butterfly effect. If we could go back in time and change that Scottsdale city council approved, we put a shovel in the ground and they would have built this near the one one and the two Oh two 20 years ago. We wouldn't be talking about this today, but because of real estate greed that we moved the building to the completely wrong side of the Valley where there are no hockey fans because we had cheap land for a real estate deal this would not be the conversation today. And I firmly believe that this would be a different story, different franchise, if that one decision wouldn't have taken place. And every owner that's been saddled with this arena since then has had to deal with the same issue that Steve Elman did, and that's moving the arena to the wrong side of town. <laughs> wow. That was a mic drop, by the way. No, that's all right. I, I, I keep thinking of the Phil Esposito quote, right? I'm not going to say it on the air, but, you know, they just built the put the building in the wrong effing place. Yeah. <laughs> so this would make up for that. And, and again, do we, can we wait five years for the new building in Tempe? Yeah, we can. Of course we can. Cause it, what, what, when did they drop the puck in Gila river? 2004. That was 18 years ago. December, 2003. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was the three, four season. So yeah, we can wait, just get it done. So get the vote on, get it done, get the interim and we'll all stick around and watch it on the new yeah. Arizona. Coyote it's a beautiful process to get there, but. <sighs> I don't. And maybe listen, I, I yeah, and I I don't I think the optimistic time, the most optimistic timeline for getting that done is three years. Um, the worst case scenario is probably five years, but you know, four is probably the most realistic. So, so four is four seasons to play in another facility. In another facility, yeah. It's, and three is optimistic but doable. Maybe, maybe, maybe. depending on a lot of things. Right. Time. You, who knows with variables? It's and we're not just talking. Yeah, the city council is a, a major variable here, but then all sorts of construction variables. Right. Who knows? Well, either way, we will be here through it all here at PHNX. And if you once again, if you miss Craig's story on the Tempe vote yesterday or vote, not vote, but Tempe situation, um, check that out at gophnx.com. We can access that story by becoming a member today of being a member gets you access to discounts in the PHNX locker. It gets you access to the members only discord where Craig and Petey and I interact pretty much daily. Um, so if you want to chat directly with us, um, you can also access all of the stories at gophnx.com, not just for coyotes, but all of the Valley sports teams and ASU and U of A. So become a member today, become part of the family. It's a great deal you can get your first month just 50 cents or the year for just under 60 dollars and get a shirt from the phnx locker we've been talking a lot of uh forward thinking for the coyotes but let's talk about right now <laughs> the coyotes have a tough week ahead toronto is coming to town wednesday colorado back to back home and home friday saturday it's uh it's it's just it's gonna be a tough week i predict it doesn't you know, things can happen, but yeah. what, what, what do we think about this week? Because I mean, the Leafs are on a back-to-back. -back. They play in Vegas the night before, so 
you have some advantage there that they might be worn out a little bit, but mm, that's the only advantage I see. And then that, that weekend series with Colorado, yikes. yikes. Yeah, they're, they're, we get excited when they beat the Chicago Blackhawks, but we've already talked about their deficiencies. And we can look ahead to the Montreal Canadiens later this month. That might be a yay a, a competitive game there. But, man, Maple Leafs have lost eight games all season. The Coyotes have won seven. So is this an ideal matchup? No, it's not. And you could talk about the back-to-back, but Toronto's just better. Like they're, they're stronger, faster, more offensive, better defending. They, they check every box and the Coyotes don't right now. I'm just not optimistic. And then go to Colorado, which is even better. Good grief, Craig. Craig just walked away and then came back with a giant cowbell. As we yeah. talked about Chicago. Should, the Blackhawks. Should I ring this and like break the volume settings? I'm really scared. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone, in your ears. It's not about the size of your bell. Craig. Apologies. Um, so <laughs> we bring in Colorado, which is even better. So is this going to be an optimistic week? We talk about the arena and the future and all that's going. We got Toronto and we got Colorado. I, I'm not thinking this is the best week to be a Coyote fan. Well, or is it? <laughs> if you're just. Yeah, or is it right, wrong for right? Can you imagine by the time? What if all of this falls into place? See, what, here's honestly. The thing. They after this three game stretch that does not seem winnable or even pointable, if that's a word, um, they get Montreal. Montreal is the next opponent after these three games. So I'm fairly confident that they will not be ahead of the Canadians in points by the time the Canadians come to town. And there's some good news on the horizon potentially for the Canadians and that they're going to get an update on. Carey Price, they got a lot of players com- coming out of COVID protocols. Jeff Petrie is supposed to return a, a laundry list of players, including yeah. former Coyote Christian Dvorak is supposed to be back in the lineup this week. So maybe the Canadians will come here with a three or four point <laughs> lead on the Coyotes and with a Montreal win at Gila River Arena, well, things could be looking really good for that lottery situation. Exactly. And that's when it all comes together for the optimistic Coyote fan, Bedard and Wright, being centered by Matthews in the new Tempe arena. Just, we got to just put the energy out into the universe. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Leah, because that's me. I'm all about the optimism. Yeah, you're the most optimistic person I've ever met yeah. in my life. So that's the future of the Coyotes right there. So we're going to all wrap it up. We're going to lose some games. We're going to win the ping pong ball. But Dart will go back and play juniors for another year. He'll come in and by the, <laughs> the, the inauguration of the new Tempe facility, they'll be ready to roll. There you go. The parade route runs through Van Buren. Without a without a wheel of fantasy on Mill Avenue. What Mill? Oh, and right by the new PHNX bar. Oh, we can. That's where the parade will run through. We could sit on the rooftop patio bar of the PHNX bar and watch the parade parade go by. Cover the parade. We could be like the yeah, the like the Macy's Day parade. We could be like those people. Maybe we could get our own float. Oh so, my god. So we can do this too. The PHNX float at the Stanley Cup parade. I actually you're not far off there, Craig. I I I I I will sum up all of the arena talk with this. We answered nothing. We cleared up nothing. There are no <laughs> answers. <laughs> so, 40 minutes on that. <laughs> That's the clear as mud. cliff notes of the, this episode. Nothing is clear as mud. Um, before we wrap up here, Craig, some injury updates for the Coyotes. Um, what's the status on Ryan Dezingle and Jacob Chikrin? Well, we'll find out about Dezingle. I, I could see him being back in the lineup by Wednesday. I, it sounded like, you know, the, the original prognosis from Bill Armstrong was that he's like second, third week of uh, January. So I, I'm not sure that Chick's going to be back for this game. Um, but Dezingle could be. 
So we'll, we'll see. And again, there's that the other one that's just lingering out there and we just never get any actual clarity is Carter Hutton. What's yeah. going on with this guy? I just keep wondering if he's played his last game, but nobody's said anything definitive at this point. Still trying to get over that ankle injury. Well, one we'll just get through some uh, quick NHL headlines before we wrap up. Very quickly, uh, Evander Kane, the San Jose Sharks, um, are terminating his contract, but it also just came out today that the NHLPA is reportedly challenging contract termination. Yeah, they've already um, filed so the grievance. Yeah, so filing the grievance. So that's been an interesting one um, <laughs> since pretty much the offseason until now. That has been quite the storyline. Yeah, it'll be one to follow because we talked about two things. Do I think he's played his last game in San Jose? Yeah, I do. No matter the status of the grievance, do I think he's played his last NHL game? I don't know, man. Like he's talented enough and he scores goal that somebody out there is going to say, I can fix him. And it's not going to be a problem in our room because we have the leadership. We have the coach, whatever it is. He's going to get to play again. I don't know when, I don't know how, but Evander Kane's too talented of a hockey player to not get one more chance. Here's a wild thought. Evander Kane in Edmonton. Can you imagine? I feel like we just propose everyone to Edmonton lately. Can you imagine him playing with those guys? Yeah. What he might be able to produce. Yeah. And they they you know what? If if you're not going to stop the puck, which their goaltending clearly can't do, and they can't solve that problem, you better score outscore everybody. And boy, does that sure help them. Interesting, Craig. All right. Another one first. we talked about Montreal, but former Canadians GM Mark Bergevin was named the senior advisor to GM Rob Blake in L.A. for the L.A. Kings organization. I'm su- personally surprised to see him already back. I thought he would take some more time off, but mm. good for him, I guess. An advisor role sounds a lot less stressful than being a GM of a Canadian franchise. In Southern California, no less. Can I yeah. get that job? Can I advise a GM? Like, what the in, hell? Does in that LA, job even mean? what does that job even mean? You just got fired for clearly being inept at the job you can do. So why don't you advise somebody else on doing the job you were inept and fired to do? Can you I know, get that job? So, this is all about relationships. How <sighs> does this lead? <laughs> I want to be video coach advisor for a team, though I can sit at home and advise the video coach. No pressure. You're, no you're deal. video coach advisor for the PHNX Coyotes community. Yeah. Good point. For PD's Puck Talk 101. I just don't see it. It is relationships. I get it. But... <sighs> I, I, what is his actual day-to-day job function going to be? He's not going to have final say on anything. You, you just advise. So you sit around a room and talk just like we're doing. And I, I don't get it. Don't I never understood that job. Yeah, never yeah. understood it. Me either. It feels like, uh, yeah, it just feels like a favor or in some yeah. cases for uh, guys who've been around the league a long time, like a golden parachute. That's what it feels yeah, like. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of those jobs there. And, and I guess if you can get it, good on you, right? And you've done something in your career that you worked hard enough to attain that kind of notoriety. But there are those jobs in every single franchise, in every single sport. Those jobs now, I exist. Say, I think it, it's it's in some instances, I think it's helpful. Like when you have a, an inexperienced GM, I think having a voice like that around is, is valuable. Cliff Fletcher. Cliff Fletcher did that in Toronto for years. I mean, and then there's a guy that's been there, done that. Yeah, I, I think those voices. And you know what? Mark Bergeron is just stepping away from a very volatile situation in a, in a very difficult market. Do I think he has some advice to give? <laughs> yeah, I do. So so if, if they can make that work and the relationship's working, you trust the guy, yeah, I think it could help your franchise. Yeah. I just think it's a great freaking job. Like, yeah. <laughs> no pressure. I'll advise you. 
Larry Plo here for Bill Armstrong. Exactly. Never been him before. I think it's a it's a valuable position. You don't get your name in the media. You're not tied to these decisions. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm just advising. It's a great yeah. job, man. Well, that wasn't me. I mean, I just Someday. You know, I threw my two cents in, but. I want to be Craig Morgan's advisor. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to go around yeah. town and get him his. Yeah, I'm a senior advisor elite, to Craig Morgan. His elite coffee beans. Exactly. Advise him on the best coffee beans. Senior advisor, you know, like Craig S. Like bottom of the barrel coffee beans, like the two of you are drinking. We we got to get something fixed here, <laughs> Craig. If you hire me to be my your wife, senior way, advisor, my wife, by the way, is agreeing with me here that you guys need to upgrade your coffee. So <laughs> we're gonna get this done. Okay. Well, right. Petey and I both have birthdays in the next three months, Craig. So if you want to gift us some new coffee. I'm open to that, <laughs> but you also have a birthday coming up, Craig. So start giving us some ideas. I want to talk about that. We don't celebrate birthdays anymore. You know, this is a big one. Are you turning 60 this year? Oh, wow. Thank you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. You just look that old. Oh my God. It's all the stress oh. of following this team. Okay. So for my birthday, then the two of you can, uh, you know, you can go in together. I'll, I'm going to get a facelift apparently. And then <laughs> what else do I need, Pete? Maybe well, we we'll get, Craig, we'll get Craig a small you do have spa day. Hair. A little salt and pepper. On you the, do have uh, great hair. I got to give you that. That's a full oh. head of hair. Wait, I thought I was wearing a wig. <laughs> oh Lord. I think we should wrap it up because. <laughs> Probably. I need to go refill my trashy <sighs> coffee, apparently. When are we back uh, on the air, Leah? Wednesday night uh, after the Leafs. It's after dark. Matchup. It'll be very after dark. The game is at 8 o'clock. Once again, check. Petey and I will be in the comfort of our homes, and Craig will be out at the Gila River Arena. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just grinding it out, just like he grinds his coffee. Oh, oh, look oh, at yeah. that. That's a good look at that and for those keeping score. I will probably be in pajamas because that's late and I will be displaying one of my puzzles. Oh, yes. They heard the last show. Yeah. Puzzles will be in the background. Pajamas. They are gone, by the way. Day 19. Like, how far do you go with the pajamas, Petey? I don't, wait, wait. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll, I'll put on my Christmas pajamas because I did have them for the picture like you see on Facebook. Yeah, I did have the matching. The in-laws were wearing the matching oh, pants. Oh, my God. The dog had the matching pajamas. Yeah, that did happen. How much? How big of a super chat for you to show that tweet that picture? Can you imagine me doing a matching pajamas bottoms photo with my in laws? Like, where do you think my head was while they're oh, clicking that photo? Please, somebody oh. super chat, chat that. Super chat, please, Petey. Oh, we got to say yes. We have so, to. I was so grumpy. We had to call neighbors over to take that <laughs> you were matching pajama bottom photo. The neighbors saw it too. Yeah. It's going to be in the JCPenney catalog next Christmas. I'm dying. I'm literally dying. Well, you can join us for our post-game show on our YouTube channel, PHNX Sports. Be sure to subscribe. You can set reminders um, for videos if you go into our YouTube channel in the morning of games and hit. you can hit set reminder on our post-game show so that you get a notification right when we go live. Um, as always, please leave us a review on our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, follow, etc. All of that helps us immensely. Um, we mentioned becoming a member. We mentioned signing up for DraftKings this week to bet on these upcoming wildcard games using that promo code PHNX when you sign up. It seems like a very good promotion this week, so get in on that. I think I think that's it for today. <laughs> Another another arena episode. We solved nothing. And we did around the NHL a little bit too. Look a little us. bit. We yeah. We, we didn't get quite to. Is back by the way, or as the late Diana Olchek, mother of Eddie Olchek, God rest her soul, called him Tuka Rook. <laughs> that sounds like a Star Wars like 
character name, <laughs> Tuka Rook. Um, yes, he could rejoin the Bruins without playing in the minors. Um, which so we'll keep we'll keep our eye on that too. There's just so much to talk about this week. Um, with Colorado coming up too, we're gonna be checking in with our sister station dnvr avalanche so look <laughs> out for lives. yeah exactly and one more thing if if you want to find out what happens when it happens with the arena make sure you sign up and become a member of phnx.com because it will break with craig <laughs> under all this pressure buddy i don't know. I know it's true though but you may not break the story because they might give it no. handed off no. to somebody else but you will have the inside story exactly. for sure the details you have the sources it'll happen yes. here just like this one, it'll happen here. So, exactly. As so much as can, it, yeah, yeah. You can Craig. follow Craig too on Twitter at Craig S Morgan, and then you can follow me and PD too. We're not breaking the big stories, but we're we're tweeting along. Uh, at Leah Merrill, follow the Coyotes. Please, okay, yes, we need to address this too. Well, first, let me finish. Follow at Leah Merrill and at S Peter's Hockey because I didn't want to leave out PD. That felt rude. Um, but follow at PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter. If we hit 2,500 followers by the end of January, Craig will drink an IPA, a full can of IPA. I so will finish said IPA. He will. Now, I'll excuse myself from the show to vomit, but <laughs> yeah, I why will. are these the challenges this, that I can't get? I will do this if we get to 2,500 by the end of the month. So if we do this, you can drink. Get out your phone now. And I will continue to thumb my nose at all IPA drinkers if we don't get to 2,500 by the end of the month. So please, we can't have that. Get out your phone. Text five friends. Have everyone follow at PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter. We're getting close, but we need to hit 2,500 by the end of January so you can all see Craig finish an IPA. Okay. So that's the challenge. That's what. Here's what here's some actionable things you can do from listening to this episode. One, follow PHNX underscore coyotes on Twitter. Two, message the Tempe City Council, <laughs> tweet at them, write them a letter, call, email, any of that. So there's your, your two missions. Houses. No, don't do that. No, actually. don't do that. <laughs> there's your missions for, for the next couple of days. And uh, until then, we will be back Wednesday night with our post-game show. We'll have another audio episode Thursday, and then our post-game shows Friday saturday thank you all so much for joining us go drink your coffee go write some emails go follow phnx underscore coyotes on twitter and with that we'll see everyone on wednesday